When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to a joint True Blue LA Amazing Avenue special presentation about the most relevant baseball topic that's out there, Weird Al Yankovic. Uh, I, I am I am Brian Salvatore, joined by Eric Steven of True Blue LA. Uh, hello. Eric, hello. Uh, yeah, I figured since the last time we did a joint podcast, it ended with both of our team's seasons ending unceremoniously to the Padres. So <laughs> I think true. we need to sort of cleanse the palate a little bit with something a yes. little more uh wholesome and fun this is the like internet equivalent of burning sage in your house to get <laughs> a right. bad spirit out this is we're summoning weird al we're getting rid of the bad 2022 um juju and uh we're, we're heading forward into 2023 exactly um so yeah uh you know you and i just kind of uh, be, we email a lot be for you know because of just baseball stuff and somehow weird out came i forget how weird out came up or was it on twitter did one of us tweet about we some somehow we found out the other one also really likes weird out yeah there i think it it might have been originally a tweet and there there's a possibility like cuz you know you edit the uh, our our true blue la podcast and i'm certain i brought it up brought him up on the podcast so maybe it's like seeped in there too so i think it was probably like little crumbs here and there and we just sort of came together like wait a minute we should we should talk more weird out yeah uh first of all i i think for anybody out there who is i mean so i i'm 40 so i don't remember a time really without weird al but he's one of the few like pop culture phenomenons that my kids are aware of who he is I'm aware of who he is, and my mom, who is almost seventy, is aware of who he is. Like it's wow. it's pretty crazy how how generations are aware of Weird Al. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. I'm I'm 46, and and we you know was was a kid when I first found him, and then now I have like you know nieces and nephews, and like my cousin's kids are they they're like occasionally like oh yeah i like weird al and i'm like ooh, all right cool like this is <laughs> i didn't think this was who who would have thought you know uh yeah. 35 years ago that this was possible but yeah he's he's almost timeless in that regard yeah i mean part of it is that uh i i think the fact that he has kept parodying current music is like the big key to that you know um you know, whether your kids, you know, you're someone from the 80s like us who, you know, 
knew the songs that he was parodying as they were brand new, or you're somebody who, you know, has now gone back and heard those songs because those songs are almost classic rock in their own way now. But, you know, he's still parodying current stuff and he's still doing a really good job of it. Yeah, it's it's got to be hard to like, you know, you you he probably struggled being like um, you don't want to be like a one note guy. I know for a long time, the sort of running joke was he just did food parodies and stuff, although he right, obviously yes. did more. But like right. uh, he, he's definitely like I don't reinventing is not the right term, but just keeping up with finding what's interesting about the new stuff and then like sort of playing on that. And that that's, that's an incredible skill. Like, you know, just to, to, to be able to do that for, like you said, it's been 40 years. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's nuts. It, it's also what I think is interesting about weird Al is that he has, well, like you said, he's adapted. He's never really made a very large pivot. Like all of his changes seem incremental, so it's very hard to say, like, I mean, there are lots of bands and artists that I love that you can say, like, so I have a friend who's a huge Rush fan, but mm-hmm. he's always says, like, the synthesizer years for Rush are tough. And, like, Weird Al doesn't have those eras of, like, changing a style or doing something differently. They're all, every album is different, but they're all kind of the same. Too. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to yeah. describe. Oh, I think part of it, I to that probably goes, you know, the, the band is, pretty much it's been the same for like the whole time Mm -hmm. and i think maybe what makes him and the band underrated is they're really um proficient like musically you know like that the fact that they could play like all these different like you know rock songs uh there's some rap obviously it's 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 a different situation but like um they, they can sort of go back and forth between genres like and just and play it pretty seamlessly um Mm -hmm. Like that's that, you know, makes it you you instantly know, like if, if it's a parody, you know what he's parodying, like because the band is good at that, <laughs> you know, like, right. It's exactly. Yes. It. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I guess let's start at the beginning. What's the first like Weird Al song you were aware of? You think I don't know <clears> if I can pinpoint my exact first one, but what are some of the ones that you were first aware of? So I know the, the first the first um album i had it it was a cassette to tell you how old i am uh it was in 3d so that so that came out my first as well (laughs) nice so that that came out in 84 i'm i don't think i i got it in 84 i probably got it in like 1985 though so i was i was probably nine at the time i'm i'm almost certain i had to have seen him probably first on mtv i don't think he, he wasn't eat it probably made it to the radio back then but like not it's not like i was always listening to the radio and so i think it would have been like a a happenstance thing so i probably saw him on mtv and it was either so it was either eat it first or i lost on jeopardy Um, and and the video for that is great i lost on jeopardy and i didn't even know who greg kin was the the guy whose song he's parodying and then of course he's in the video at the very end driving the car away but like um just yeah like i don't know just it cracked me up like and i was like this guy's great and then uh i listened to that album like so much uh so and then it just from there it just i went what he had probably i guess he just had the debut album before that and then mm-hmm. um what is it like and then you know the next he was pretty prolific there for a bit where it was like every year and a half or something like that, yeah. he would he would have a new album, and I was just, it w- I was in hog heaven for for the next like uh, like you know six seven years basically. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna guess I first heard Weird Al in let's say '89. I mm. remember seeing commercials for UHF his film. Oh man, and knowing who he was, and that was '89. So I would have been seven. I feel like between seven and ten is the Weird Al sweet spot. Yeah, where like you are now aware enough of pop culture to a, to be aware of what a parody is, you know, and, and so it um it it works in that way. But he's also just he's really clever, and I feel like that's when you start to care about cleverness when yeah. you're sort of so, in that age, age age range. I will say one of the notes I I wrote some notes for this just to sort of prep, but like in some of the you know we he's he's done a number of um 
you know, I guess the maybe the latter half of his career, he's done a number of like rap songs. Mm-hmm. And to me, when I when I started listening to rap, I got into it for like the wordplay and the lyrics. Yep. And like that's exactly what Weird Al strings are. So like I was totally drawn to that like aspect of it. And like you're right, like very punny, very clever. Um, but and then the weird way too is like you you listen to his his music and sometimes there are some songs where you know, I heard the Weird Al version first, and then like, what is that parodying? And uh-huh. there was no internet, so you had to like. I guess they probably had it in the in the notes in the like you know the latter notes, is. yeah, yeah. But like, even that's like a hit or miss sometimes. But you have to like go and find what that song was, and then you're like, oh, okay. And then uh, so you you sort of discover new music that way. <laughs> so yeah. that, that's that's another thing. I always found that there there's still songs that I know the Weird Al parody or polka version yeah. better than the actual song. Um, and some of it's just like, you know, those polka parodies, polka uh, medleys rather, yeah. where he would just take whatever was hot, like right at that moment. And so if you're listening to one from the mid eighties and you're not super familiar with like mid eighties pop songs, you might miss a couple of those songs. Um, same thing with like the stuff. Now there's definitely stuff on his most recent uh polka mix where i don't know every song that he is referencing there yeah yeah i can see that but it's like it's the same um uh same sort of style to like uh on the in 3d album polka's on 45 is that one mm-hmm. that's my favorite still mine the too polkas. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah and like so i guess my cousin is a year younger than i am uh his name's alex and so he has two kids and i remember I can't remember if, the, if it was when his kids were like super young. They're still kind of young or it was whether his sister's kids were super young. We were at like a get together and the, and this this had to be like in the 2010s at some point. So relatively recently, but we're like, you know, 35 years after the album was out. But we, without the music playing, we we did the entire Polkas on Forty Five, just sitting on the couch, <laughs> to the like horror of the the kids. But then they're like, then they kind of liked it afterwards. So we were sort of indoctrinating them in a way. That's fun. But yeah, no, it's it's uh yeah, it's it's classic. I love it. By the way, I, I believe I misspoke. I think my favorite polka is actually Hooked on Polkas from <laughs> uh, Dare to Be Stupid. But those those are my top two in that yeah. in that range. It, is that the one? that has in excess on it or, or am i thinking uh, i think maybe, that might be the that might next, be even worse yeah maybe the even worse one uh let me see uh all right so the polka medley on that one has let's see where is it uh state of shock by the jacksons oh yeah yeah dark yeah, dress yeah. man what's love got to do with it method of modern love owner of a lonely heart we're not going to take it 99 left balloons footloose the reflex bang your head and relax that's yeah that's good the specifically at the end of it which is the uh relax when they they're really holding out to like when you want to come part is very funny <laughs> to me um but yeah all all those polkas are are great um but so yeah so that was your introduction i said i probably heard uh weird out in like 89 i'm gonna guess and i had i went out i don't know if it was for christmas or my birthday whatever but i got the cassettes of in 3d and dare to be stupid and even worse, like all within hmm. a couple of months of me. Or I think I had two and my friend Jeff had one. Like that, this is also kids don't understand this now with like streaming services, but like sometimes you and your friends would strategically buy stuff so that you could copy it or borrow it from your friends. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, like a, a double tape player or something like that. Yep. Or or yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So uh I think Jeff had even worse, if, if I recall correctly. But uh, and then by the time of off the deep end, I was buying everything like as soon as it came out for the next couple of years. I think the last one I bought physically was running with scissors in ninety nine. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's just there is so much quality stuff here. I can't wait to get a little bit deeper. But uh, you want to talk about concerts. How many times have you seen Weird Al live? So I was looking this up uh, yesterday or before we were recording this and um he i won't i think it's only four times but he i don't i also don't go to that many concerts so like <laughs> but he he was my very first concert of anyone uh this was in 90 1996 i was in college and um it was at the paris fairgrounds in um 
like uh, in between like Riverside County and San, San Diego County for those outside of California. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, sort of a fairgrounds thing. And uh, I was so I was looking at the I don't I don't really have a, a ton of memories other than it was like really cool to see him. But that was around. um so let's see what was that they they just called it their oh the bad hair tour so it was the he had amish paradise like had basically just come out mm-hmm. but um yeah it was it was a pretty good set um so back then he closed i, I looked up on said like he closed with fat that okay. he did that probably for a good amount of time oh i would imagine so yes um but like now it's like saga begins and that usually works its way in at the end but um yeah like that that was pretty good but then i didn't see him again till 2004 um that so that was in orange county in 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 southern california and one of my cousins um they live in mission viejo this town in orange county and it was like on this like man-made lake that's there or something and um it was like a i don't remember if it was like a private event or something but we had like vip tickets which meant we got to do backstage after backstage being the like it was like a jc like local room or whatever like it's a little (laughs) tiny room but so we got to see him after the game so there after the concert and what i remember from that was his voice he was protecting his voice so he was like very quiet you know like Mm -hmm. but he was very subdued he was super nice obviously but um, but in, in that concert, he, a uh, comedian open for him. I don't remember who it was and I couldn't find it, but, um, let me ask you a very important question. Did he have a yes. megaphone a comedian? Uh, I don't remember, but what I do remember was that they, the comedian told a couple like dirty jokes, which uh-huh. was like, no, no. And, um, security actually got and, and, and got him off stage and ended his set. Oh, wow. Early. No. Okay. Yeah. So that's very different. So. Uh, when I so I took my brother to his first concert, which was Weird Al, which was uh, February of 2000 at the Beacon nice. Theater in New York City. And there was a guy opening. I, I His name is someplace. But he would do this bit where he would say, like, what do you do when a baby is loud? And then he pulls out a megaphone and we go, attention, baby, be quiet. And then his <laughs> whole thing was this using this megaphone. And it was not very great um but you know i remember it still 22 years later so it can't be that bad right right he's it stuck with you it's an earworm yeah, yeah um, exactly so i where i'm recording i'm at my desk right now as we're recording and this was the uh backstage photo i still, I still have oh. it it's framed oh that's awesome uh, yeah so uh yeah that was fun um uh the other times i i've seen him recently in 2018 uh in palm springs where i grew up uh, that was the ridiculously ridiculously self indulgent tour, and then mm-hmm. again the next year at Orange Fairgrounds out here, um, the Strings Attached tour. Um, okay, it was pretty pretty solid. Yeah, so the tours I saw him on were the Touring with Scissors tour, which was the two thousand shows. I my me and my two best friends took my little brother to his first concert. Nice, uh, and it was weird out. And, and that is a um, that set list has a lot of like of the time. I feel like that was. Now, when he tours, he doesn't do as much new stuff. He does yeah. a little bit, but it's it's more of a greatest hits package. And but like after a certain point, I think it was like after the tenth or you know, ninth or tenth song, then it becomes like all greatest hits. But the beginning was very heavy. And I remember my brother was like he wasn't super thrilled with the first you know few songs, but once you get to like the big hits, it was great. And he did one of those giant um, medleys that that he that he was doing for a while, where it's like yeah. ten songs. Or whatever in in one batch. Um, I remember that being really fun. Yeah, there. I was looking back. So the '96 and the '04, he had the like the long medleys in there too. But mm-hmm. like you said, the '96 was like sort of that that time as well. '04, he started mixing in the other like the older songs. But like, yeah, I remember. So I know we'll talk about the the biopic, but he mentions there's a throwaway line in the movie where weird al playing one of the scotty brothers says yeah we're gonna sign you to a 14 album deal and like that was actually like his original deal i don't i think it maybe morphed into 14 albums eventually but it was one of those where like they had him forever right yeah and so what and then when he find i forget what the um the album he made in 2014 was called 
and I don't remember, I don't know if that was an actual album or he just released all the songs himself. I think he was like yep. done with his contract. Yeah, that was that mandatory point. fun. Right. And that was um I think that was one of those where like he he made a point of saying like now because now he kind of he doesn't really do albums anymore. He just kind of does projects and does what he wants and tours and stuff like that. But I know he was he was under that like really long like you know one of those classic yeah. old like uh, rec- music deals where the long term uh, contract he had to sign that he'd be making those records till the end of time. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, it's a, um, my first time was in 2000, and then again I saw him at on the ridiculously self-indulgent, ill-advised vanity tour um, at the at the Apollo Theater, the world famous Apollo Theater in Harlem, uh, wow. Europe, which is not what you'd expect from no. a Weird Al venue. Um, and so, for those that don't know, that tour was all originals, no parodies. Which is, I'm saying putting no parodies in quotes because he did do a parody medley at the end, and then he sure. would always do a parody as the encore. Um, and when I went in, I had two songs that I really wanted to hear. And he did them both in the first like 10 songs, which is oh, amazing. Because that those set lists varied quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and the two songs I wanted to hear, I wanted to hear Melanie from Even Worse, which is a Great. like legit song. Like that that yeah. if you change like five words in that song, it wouldn't be a weird Al song. No, it's it's, uh, it's like a you could you could say that's like um a, a sort of classic almost 80s love song or to yes. a point. yeah yeah exactly and the other one was one more minute which is just you know one of the best pat one of the best songs he's ever done one more minute is my all-time favorite i was looking at that that same that same tour uh-huh. uh so he didn't do either of those in that the one i went to um but uh my in seventh grade in english miss jackson uh she would have a student sing in front of the class every almost every single day it, it couldn't i was looking back it couldn't have been the entire school year but it was a very long chunk of it to the point where like i did two songs you know total but like the first one i did she would pick people at random and that was a terrifying thing every morning she just she'd be like wandering around and like and then she'd be like pointing at you like you it's your turn you know that kind of a thing and so like a nightmare it, it was a total nightmare and um and i and, and i like to sing a little bit this is uh but but like still you're you're just the nerves take over uh so i i did one more minute as my first song and uh i'm like halfway through i don't remember exactly which part it was uh it was probably maybe like oh, i'll rip out my intestines with a fork, the fork yeah. uh, but she stopped me and she goes oh that's vulgar and she's and so my my song was done and i spent the rest of the class fuming at my desk it must have been palpable because <laughs> towards the end of the um towards the end of the class i uh she let me finish she didn't do the whole song so I, I i finally got to finish so i was i was happy but uh yeah one more one more minute's my all-time favorite for sure yeah um but i so i have the world's best weird al story about that show okay uh and it this is like this is one of those things that uh I told a friend, he's like, you're making this up. This can't be true. I was like, no, this is this is 100% true. So um, the Apollo is a very old theater. And so the seats are very close together, which for a larger man like myself is not yep. always the most comfortable way to see a show. Yep. So I knew this and I bought an aisle seat thinking that would buy me a little bit more space on the one end. And, you know, the show is great. He did uh, uh, Biggest Ball of Twine in Minnesota. Which is, you know, another personal favorite of mine. He did Mr. Frump and the Iron Lung. It's just some some, some really cool stuff. Uh, uh, classic, yeah. Yeah, but so it's time for the encore. And um, he was doing a cover of somebody else's song and then one of his own songs, the encore. And so he did They Long to Be Close to You by the... Um, the carpenters which is an odd you wouldn't think like no. he was doing he was doing some songs that were like city specific and like carpenters aren't from new york why <laughs> i thought he was doing i thought i thought he was gonna do um living with a hernia because james brown at the apollo is like one of the all-time uh. albums and but you know whatever he didn't do it anyway but so he did close to you and then he started doing the saga begins and so i'm i'm on the aisle and there's a door like maybe six feet or eight feet to my right and there's a security guard there. They must know the show's almost over. So the security guard, and, and I say I say guard very loosely. This is a, a small woman, probably in her 70s, yeah. who's working the door at the Apollo. And the song starts, people start singing along, and she comes over to me, she goes, what is happening? 
And I said, excuse me? She goes, those aren't the words. And I said, like, well, they are. She said, no, I know this song. That Those aren't the words. What is he singing about? And I said, we sing about Star Wars. Why? And and I was like, that's what he does. Why would anyone do that? And I said, I eventually said, excuse me, I'm trying to enjoy the last song of the concert. Can I just, you know, go? And so, but she had no idea who Weird Al was. And because he wasn't doing parodies all night, she was like totally flummoxed by this experience. And I feel like that's a scene from the Weird Al movie. Like, why are you doing this? Why would you possibly inflect this on the world, you know? And that woman's name was Mrs. Don McLean. Exactly, (laughs) yes. (laughs) Oh, my God, that's hilarious. Just just, just an amazing thing to happen, yeah. I was looking. uh, I didn't scroll down when I looked at the set list for for that that tour for me. Uh Um, So the song he did uh, before the saga begins was Mama Told Me Not to Come, uh, Randy Newman. And, uh, yeah. and I remember they 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 seemed to kill that one. That was a pretty good. I if I remember right, this was the tour. This was in Palm Springs, so this was the one where uh, Emo Phillips was opening for him. Um, yes, I saw Emo open on the store yeah, as well. Yeah, that was that, and that was he was really good. Like I, it, it had been a long time since I had really seen like Emo Phillips in in, in stuff, and no, he he was solid. It, that was a good. It was like thirty minutes too. It was like yeah. it was pretty good. Yeah, it was it was great. I mean, I I think that that tour was so much fun. Um. And I'm glad I got to see. If I didn't see it, I would have been really upset. And if I went, he played two. He played two shows at the Apollo. If I went to the other one and missed Melanie and One More Minute, I'd have been really bummed out. Yeah. So I, I said, uh, One More Minute is my all-time favorite. You and you mentioned um, um, Biggest Ball of Twenty Minnesota. That's my yeah. number two. Oh, so I saw both that show. That's awesome. Yeah. So I was looking at this. So I'm I'm looking at the. Um, there's there's a chance. Okay, no, he sang. Um, he sang one more minute um, in two thousand four. Okay, but that's the only one of the four two, four concerts that he sang that song in. But he did biggest ball of twine in Minnesota in uh, man only two. This is this is tragic. No, yeah, oh, two of the four, yeah. Okay, so okay. I, I need to I need to go to more so I can uh, I can get that ratio up. Yeah. Well, what's crazy is there are some songs that I hadn't thought about because I, you know, I did not when I had albums on cassette, I didn't always rebuy them on CD. Right. And if and also I've moved a lot of times in my life. CDs just get lost sometimes in the car or whatever. So if I hadn't thought about buy me a condo until yeah. he started playing it. I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> I hadn't thought about the song in 20 years, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so like Midnight Star, these songs I just haven't thought of in so long. He busted uh, off on that tour. It, for some reason that well because it's on the same album but um mr popeel is a yep. freaking classic uh yes, it is. same thing where it's it's not like an exact parody but it's it's clearly um he what does he call him a pastiche of yeah. like you know the b-52s yeah yeah and uh yeah. it was <laughs> uh yeah i don't everyone this he, it's, he has the kind of lyrics where I will randomly drop them into conversation. It always works with my cousin Alex because you know we both grew up with Weird Al. But um, just randomly going, you can cut a tin, or you can, yeah, you can cut a tin can with it, but you wouldn't want to, you know, <laughs> right. that yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, all, all that stuff is uh, is fantastic. Um... I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's talk about the movie, I guess, and then we'll talk about some of our favorites besides the ones we've already mentioned. But yeah, uh, so the movie is one of the most insane things I've ever seen. Like I, it, it is a bizarre, wonderful thing. 
Yeah, it, it's it, I would I was trying to describe because, you know, my I had some like family members ask me about it, like if it was good. I said, I said, look, I love it. I don't know if you would love it, but it's it's wonderfully stupid. Like it's it's like perfectly stupid in a great way. Yes. And it made me laugh. But I've had other people like who I didn't think would like Weird Al. Uh, I got texts from people. It'd be like, this, that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen, you know, that kind of a thing. So I was like, all right. Um, you mentioned the, you know, the, your security guard lady. Um, yeah. Sort of being flummoxed by that. But I, I enjoyed the conceit of the movie that all of his tunes were originals. Yes. Uh, and, and then, and, and him being so angry at Michael Jackson copying yes. him with the edit. like that was a perfect running bit through the, yes. through the through the entire thing and that, well, that so I love. when my wife and I watched it she was like are they doing this because Michael Jackson is problematic and so they don't yeah. want but then you find out that this, no it's that he par- it's, it's it's a yeah. it's a really funny twist but that allowed that allowed them to get the line in there where um I think this this is when he gets the call at the restaurant and he's like yelling at his manager mm-hmm. and and he's like well, what could possibly be wrong with being associated with Michael Jackson you know or something <laughs> yeah, like that exactly, so they they, yeah. they like sort of they're obviously not going to probably come out and explicitly say it but it, it was pretty obvious but no it, it was yes. yeah that that's that's a great there's I, there's so many things I missed a lot of stuff I know uh in it that's I watched it a couple times I'm probably going to go back and watch it again um but uh, it's there's just so many like just little things that are just hilarious. My favorite scene, I think this is a consensus for a lot of people, is the scene that takes place at the pool party. It's so uh, good, which is basically a, a, almost a complete ripoff of the same scene from Bookie Nights when yeah. like he, he's the the hot new kid at the at the party. Um, but you get Paul F. Tompkins as Gallagher, amateur get, hour, <laughs> exactly. So mad. Yeah. Uh, you get um. Uh, Emo Phillips as Salvador Dali <laughs> for uh, some reason. Yeah, the, uh, some of the the, I mean, it, it's just some of them are weird. Like what um, uh, Conan was playing uh, Andy, Warhol. Andy Warhol. Yeah, 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 and like they're obviously over the top a lot of it, but like it's yeah, it was it was just like a sort of a funny because they were trying to get like as many sort of like eighties like icons in there like i think yeah. when they first walked into the party like devo is like wearing the the hats you yeah, know, you know, so yeah yeah of course like that that's devo now that you know yeah so. yeah and uh the, the the whole thing about john deacon from queen being like <laughs> the least interesting member of queen that they right. could have gotten it's, you know it's amazing i do wonder on that because you know like generally weird al is like like famously like overly nice you know mm-hmm. to a yeah. point where he's not gonna he doesn't take like cheap shots so i i wonder what like if they if they like if he like reached out to them like look man we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna like do this in the movie like it, it i mean it's it's so over the top i don't even think it's that big of a deal but just well, that that entire thing is hilarious like I had read that in the original script it was Freddie Mercury and the estate wouldn't let it happen. Okay, so there, there's at least some like level of like reaching out, you know, that right, kind of a yeah, thing. Yeah, um, and John Deacon did write another one, Bites the Dust, and he's also the only one, like, he never tours anymore. He's like a recluse now, so it's kind of funny that he's the one they chose, but and yeah. it's, just, it's just a perfect joke. The whole thing is just, you know, really just moi, you know, chef's kiss. Uh, I was... Uh... When I was going through it, I, I remember I sent my cousin text when I was watching the second time because I was sort of taking notes. And uh, there's the interview with Oprah Winfrey and they do the like scroll with all the magazines, you know. Uh-huh, so yeah. I paused it on, on one of the magazines and um, it's just some of the like little asides in the, at the in the corners and the top. And one of the things was uh, experts. There will never be a better recording format than VHS, you know, that kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Clara Peller's beef, which is, I mean, that's a total eighties thing for sure. Yeah. Do you even remember that? Did you, uh, of course. The, the wind, Okay, I was going to yeah, say like, yeah. Rat versus poison, which is it was funny. The making of <laughs> yes. manimal, it was on there. I mean, <laughs> it's just the dumbest things, and I, I, it's pretty good. So I don't know. And uh, yeah, the it, was there like a supporting character you particularly enjoyed, or or a uh, a scene aside from that pool scene that stands out to you? Um, so in a weird way, like, um, 
this is this sounds weird because it was it was only like for one part of the movie, but um, oh god, uh, Thomas Lennon playing the accordion uh-huh. salesman, yes, just yes. getting the crap kicked out of him, like, <laughs> yes. and but I just like the, the I mean, obviously that's funny because they're so over the top, but he's like in serious pain, like probably has in like medical needs to go to a hospital immediately, and then and then even the mom was like shut up or trying to have a moment you know like yeah. just completely <laughs> ignoring him like that just the randomness of like that stuff yeah. um i uh there was another so the scene where he has his like first on stage moment when he um he was really nervous to go out and he did i love rocky road mm-hmm. and it and then the band like come out comes out and help helps him um but then uh, my favorite part of that was the like super rowdy crowd. Like he won him over immediately. And then one of the, the sort of ne'er-do-wells goes up to the bartender, like, give me some Rocky road. And he's like, we don't sell ice cream here. He grabs <laughs> him by the collar. He's like, you better start selling it before that song ends, or you're going to have a riot on your hands. It's like <laughs> the dumbest thing, but like, just, yeah, it was perfect. I love that. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, it's funny. So my friend Liz reached out to me and was like, am I the only person who didn't know it was going to be a not oh. serious biopic? <laughs> like, and I, was, I said, like, I, I, I saw the trailer. Once you watch the trailer, you have to know it's not serious. Yeah, I think when I first heard news of a biopic, I was like, oh, that's that'll be interesting. Like, it's just going to be interesting if it's just like a, an actual biopic, right? <laughs> like, right, about, right, yeah. But then once I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, OK, this is what they're doing. <laughs> like, because it was I think right immediately in the trailer, they show the scene, like his second visit to the Scotty brothers where he like um, puts out the cigarette. The cigarette. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and like, so you're like, OK, this <laughs> And I even think they showed his like first meeting with Madonna where he has like his shirt open and stuff. Yeah. You're like, okay, yeah. this is obviously the, he, he parodied the, the biopic, which is, I guess, perfect in a way. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's so funny, by the way, that his like muscle chest is basically a reference to him dressed as Rambo in UHF. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I made that, I texted uh, my cousin that same thing. I was like, is that yeah. the same like uh chest to that? But yeah. Yeah, it's just fantastic. And and for those that haven't seen UHF either, UHF is a delight. No, I, yeah, I have I have seen UHF an uncomfortable amount of times probably. We're talking I don't I was I tried sometimes it's hyperbole to say like I've seen something hundreds of times. I don't think I've seen it right. hundreds of times. But like it wouldn't shock me that that I watched that like 75 times or something. So like I it's had been a while. I had that on VHS and I also had one of the early Weird Al video collections on VHS oh, as a kid, and uh, my friend Jeff and I would just watch them back and forth all the time. I I have both of those on VHS. Um, I will. Uh, I guess when I when I post this on on the site, I will include pictures of those VHS because I have them r- relatively close, not to the point where I can go grab them right now, but right. Um, yeah, I still have those. I don't have a, a VCR or anything right. to play yeah. them. Yeah. But just I just have them. And they're like next to uh uh N- NBA awesome endings from like 1989 <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so like that kind of stuff. I have a very useless box of, of videotapes that no, can never be played, but and, but um, also can never be thrown away, probably. For, no, or, for sure. I yeah. used to have um to that end, I had like um probably about 30 or so cassettes in a thing that I think like a couple moves ago, I, I finally decided to get rid of them. I was like, why am I still holding this? Like there, you know, there's, <laughs> then I kind of look back, it would be kind of cool to just have that like around, yeah. even though it doesn't, <laughs> it's not useful at all. Um, another uh, thing in the movie. Uh, so, and it's another sort of throwaway line where he sort of finds his, his dad's, um, you know, old passion for the accordion when he was, he grew up Amish and then he, he makes Amish paradise out of that. And then they, they show the dad like, um, uh, watching him, um, on TV on the, in the, was it the, I guess it's the Grammys. Do they ever explicitly, I, I, I don't think they ever it's say some exactly award it show yeah. and he's like playing it and it's like a huge hit. And then they just go back to the dad. He's like, I shouldn't have given up those publishing rights, you know, just, yeah. <laughs> just like a little, that was pretty great. Um, yeah. And then yeah. I, I think the other thing was um, the, look, we're, this is a spoiler alert for the movie. 
but Weird Al dies in the end, and then yes, they show, when they show his gravestone, it says "Aid It 1985," which is <laughs> just perfect. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, it, it is. The, one of the most amazing things about the movie is that I feel like the point of a biopic is to inform people about the artist or about the the subject, right? And I feel like even though there's almost no facts in this movie, you get a better sense of who Weird Al is from watching it than watching a lot of like straight biopics. Like they, you still get a very, very high amount of Weird Al knowledge from watching the movie. And that's incredible and awesome. Yeah, uh, it, it goes out of its way to like, even, even in the, um, you know, they're obviously fudging the facts and stuff, but like they mix in so many things like, uh, my Bologna was his first song. Like, and they, I, I sort of enjoyed that, like, you know, faux origin story or whatever, but mm-hmm. like they, it's, it's still for the most part, like they, they got the important stuff in there, you know, like, yes. Um, so yeah, it was really good. Yeah. It's, uh, it is definitely worth a watch if, and it's free on the Roku channel. So which yeah. is a free app you can download for your smart TV or whatever. So, or watch it on your computer like it it is it's a very easy to catch very accessible very funny movie yeah uh yeah i i'm i'm i should have watched it more than twice by now to be honest <laughs> well by the time this comes out we'll, we'll probably both have watched it again so yeah uh, yeah i was going to say I, I think when my brother comes in for christmas we talked about watching it cuz oh. he's a big weird Al guy too so without him making a like i'm making a night of it you know which would be a fun thing to do um, but let, let's let's talk about some of our favorite uh weird Al songs we haven't mentioned so far. So you mentioned your your top two are um, one more minute and biggest ball of twine. What are some other favorites of yours? So I was going through. I didn't I didn't actually outside of those two like order, you mm-hmm. know the rest. I just was I was writing down some that I I wanted to remember. Um, but uh, actually, so. Dare to be stupid, I think for me, if I was an athlete, which I am not, um, <laughs> uh, that would be my, if I was a baseball player, that would be my at bat. Walk up music. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, and I, I think it would be fun just as an aside for, for any song, if a, if like a batter would use the entire song and then just go up like in segments throughout the year, like so, <laughs> right. Yeah. The first seven <laughs> seconds, like in his first at bat, then the next, and it just sort of goes on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, in the same sort of genre, like the good, good old days on even worse (laughs) is a great song. It's, you know, it's, it's pretty like, (laughs) I don't know what's the right word. Uh, um, sick in the head. (laughs) No, I don't know. That's, that's probably, (laughs) that's probably, but no, it's like perfect humor, especially I was 13 when that came out, maybe 12. Um, and so, but in that sort of same vein, you don't love me anymore. Although, uh, it's sort of the, like, um, good old days. Isn't so much of a love song. It's more of a, like looking back, but you don't right. love me anymore. Is like the same, sort of the same vein of song. Um, and that sort kind of really of those, sad. those two kind of fit in with one more minute also in a way. It's yeah. Yeah. Like, for sure. The lamenting, terrible like things the, that the happened. twisted, the twisted, like, um, sappy, like kind of. Uh, love songs uh the the other thing so i mentioned in 3d the the one there's like probably three other songs on there that i really love king of suede is one um also the theme to rocky 13 yep and so i was thinking about this because he obviously like went to 13 to exaggerate at the time i think it was only up to rocky 3 rocky 4 wasn't out yet right so they they already made so they made Rocky five in like 1990. Yes. But then they went, then Rocky Balboa, like sort of replaced that in a way, like, you know, right. later, but still that that's the sixth Rocky movie. But now, now we're going to be coming up on a third Creed movie. So we're right. actually so, at Rocky nine. nine. So yeah. we're getting close to the actual Rocky 13. Yes. Uh, which would be interesting, but the other sort of uh, not a parody, but um, nature trail to hell is, in is, 3D. is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It, it's such a good song. Um, and it's just like a, a sort of classic. Um, the other sort of uh, like technical songs or like just the like style wise that I like. Bob is one because it's all palindromes. Yep, yep. Like that is that's an amazing sort of thing to do. 
Oh, speaking of like the technical board, I I don't know if this is true or not. I'm pretty sure I saw this somewhere, but in Amish Paradise, in the video for it, mm-hmm. there's the scene where they, um, he like comes up backwards, uh, yes, from falling yeah, yeah. down. And that was filmed backwards, right? Yeah, they said like he mouthed the words backwards to, so it looked like normal or something, yeah. which blows my mind. I don't even know how you would think of doing that. But then the other sort of rando song like that that I love is uh, on a more recent album, uh, Trapped in the Drive-Thru, mm-hmm. the sort of R. Kelly thing. Yeah, yeah. It's 11 minutes long, and I love it every single time. It's it's wild, and it's great, and, uh, and I love it. So, Yes, uh, all excellent choices. Yeah, uh, I approve of all of those uh, considerably. Uh, so some of my favorites. Um, this one, I don't I never hear anyone talking about it anymore. But my friend Zach brought up to me. I was like, oh, my God, I haven't thought about the song in 20 years. Yeah. Headline News, which is his. Oh, yeah. Parody. Yes. Uh, by the Crash Test Dummies. That's great. Um, I I love I want a new duck. The, That's a uh, classic. Yeah. Yeah. The best line in that song is he says, "I'll oh, teach me how to get down," and then he goes, "Get it!" Like he goes down <laughs> duck feathers, and it's the way he says "get it" cracks me up every single time. Um, you mentioned theme from Rocky Thirteen. You mentioned Amish Paradise. Um, I think I'm a clone now. Uh-huh. From uh, from even worse is uh, I can be my own best friend that I can send myself for pizza. I mean that's that's an uh, that's an incredible line right there. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the saga begins. I I am not an, an American Pie fan, sure, but I'm a Star Wars guy. Yeah, and the fact that he wrote that just based on internet rumors about uh, the movie because he needed to get it recorded before it came out, and there's nothing wrong in that. Yeah, like, he got it all right, and some of the lyrics in that are just painfully clever. Really, really. That's great. a that's a that's a that's a perfect song. Really, like it. It's so it it is like he ends like most of his concerts with that now and yes. it's it's pretty perfect to to do that like it's it's such a great song to like sing along to and yes just generally oh that was the other thing so the two most recent concerts i went to now obviously now being older you know there's like generations below us like kids watching this and mm-hmm. Seeing them like sing along with stuff is like, oh man, okay, this is it's pretty cool. That was a pretty cool thing to see, like at the absolutely at the concert for sure. Yeah, uh, and then some of the some of the originals, my favorites of mine. Um, this is the life again from <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, from Dare to Be Stupid. I am a huge fan of the movie Johnny Dangerously. Oh, yep, and that's a Johnny Dangerously song, and so that's you know, uh, no one knows that movie, but that's if, listeners. If you haven't seen Michael Keaton in Johnny Dangerously, watch that movie. Yeah. Uh, that is a a one of those like classic 1980s movies um joe piscopo is mm-hmm. i mean it, all you have to say is joe piscopo and like it's it, you yeah. know it's in a specific time and so yeah it's perfect yeah uh you mentioned dare to be stupid um you mentioned one more minute we talk about melanie the other one is and this is one that is is amazingly prescient for when it was recorded and it's even more relevant now but it's also I have a hard time laughing at the subject matter anymore. That's trigger happy. It's, uh, a, it's a, like a surfy Beach Boys parody, and it's about, really about shooting. Yeah. yeah, but it's really clever. Yeah, like it's very smart, and, and it, he clearly is not pro gun. But like with all the gun violence in this country, it's kind of hard to laugh at trigger happy. Right. Now. Yeah. But no, it's yeah. it's presented in like this, uh, like the most super upbeat possible way. And yes. Like in, but in a in a like obviously in like satirical manner but yes yeah uh but really really good and then um let's see biggest ball of twine obviously and then there's a period where weird al i think it started probably around the time of off the deep end where he would commit so hard to making something sound like the original that like i mean like look if you put on the beginning of eat it or beat it you can tell which one is which one's a little bit thinner sound and whatever but like by the time he gets to jurassic park like the macarthur oh. park parody like the care that he puts into that is unbelievable um to make it sound perfect yeah that that's really good um i was trying to think even i would say it smells like uh nirvana uh-huh. you can also sort of tell at the beginning of that mm-hmm. although the rest of the song is like pretty pretty spot on like musically right like, yeah 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 um i'm trying to think of um 
Oh, so the, the, another thing, a couple songs I was thinking of that sort of are they're in the same vein on his original album. Um, Buckingham blues is always kind of fun. Yep. Um, it, and it's like this, you know, sort of that sort of style of song. I think what, like a decade later, uh, when I was your age, I can't remember if that's on UHF or the, the one after, but, yeah. um, it, it just a pretty classic, like over the top, like bluesy song. But like, <laughs> I think, I don't know. Is that the one where, he, um, where, uh, he's like make it talk son make it talk to the guitar and then he goes okay yeah. make it shut up like yeah, just, yeah. just like yeah. the over the just the like, i love like little asides like that absolutely yes um uh, i will say uh with with fat um mm-hmm. this was wheelhouse listening time this you know that like five-year period or whatever and my cousin alex and i when we get together like in the summers or whenever we would listen to weird Al all the time and it got to the point where on on fat like I could basically do it and I would know every single time when he'd do the little Michael Jackson sounds like, nah, nah, yeah, you know, exactly. and, yeah, yeah. and so I'm not, I, I, I know still like a lot of the songs. I, I definitely cannot do that song to that effect now, but like it, it was, you know, just, it was probably an obsession. Let's just say it. It was, <laughs> yeah. uh, it was too much. But then again, I was like, I was 12 and 13 at the time. Exactly. So like, like, what's better than that at this point in your life, right? Yeah. Um, what else, what else am I going to do? The fat video is maybe my favorite Weird Al video. There's two particular parts when he goes, Oh, when someone hands him up like a, like a garden hoe, he goes, Oh, Oh, <laughs> that. And then when he gets the mousetrap on his finger, I don't know why that makes me laugh every time, but it does every single the, time. The other part is, uh, I think it's right before the music comes on, mm-hmm. but the guy goes, Ding dong, yo, ding dong. Yeah. Hey, yeah. That, that part, yeah, yep, <laughs> that's a, that's another classic, um, yeah. God, yeah, videos were a huge thing, like you mentioned having that tape of videos, like. Mm-hmm. It's hard to overstate like how big like MTV was in like sort of building his profile to you know because uh, getting those he used videos to have, like, out specials there. on there too like oh he would... right he they have Al TV or whatever yeah. and like yeah yeah he would he would take uh, interview clips from artists and insert his own questions in so their <laughs> so their so their answers would look insane and then he started putting those in the live show for a while too yeah um, yeah. You know, but that was all part of Al TV. Yeah, that was that was a huge deal at the time. I don't think anybody was on T went on MTV as consistently throughout the eighties as Weird Al was. Yeah, I could see that. Um, uh, the other, uh, I forgot to mention, this is not necessarily a Weird Al thing, but um, he's also um, prevalent at the the start of the Naked Gun. Yes, um, and and he's actually in like what. I think the first three, or did they only make three? He's three at those, some yeah. point in in all of them, but where uh, Frank Drebin's coming back and uh, all the crowd is there after he made yeah. some bust, and then he's like, "No, they're not here for you. They're for Weird Al." <laughs> like, yeah. That's just classic. Yeah. Uh, uh, the other thing I want to say about Al is that he seems. I mean, you met him, so you can you know better than I would. He seems like just the nicest guy. Yeah. Like, he was incredibly gracious. I mean, like I only saw him, you know, it was a very short, like mean and greet, but it was, he was incredibly nice. I've heard him on like various podcasts. He's a mm-hmm. uh, regular on like comedy bang, bang and, and yep. stuff like that. And it just seems like I haven't really heard many people like say a bad thing about him, you know, like, like, right. He just is like, just like a super nice guy. Like, and it's sort of refreshing to, you know, see that in, for someone who's been literally doing this for, you know, over, like almost 45 years at this point, or maybe right. 43 or something. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I could talk about Weird Al all day, but we should probably wrap up soon. Um, yeah. Any sort of closing thoughts on Al before we get out of here? Um, I was going through here uh, my notes. Um, so I, a couple of years ago, uh, my, another of my cousins, she, um, she has like a, um, forgot what the machine is called but she she can like um print a shirt basically okay um and so she got the like design or whatever for um the spatula city billboard so (laughs) i i i have that shirt and i occasionally wear it and people not it's it's rare to get someone in the wild to be like hey spatula city but like most people are like what's spatula city or something but 
that we that's sell spatulas, and that's all. <laughs> that's exactly. <laughs> well, okay. So the, another fun part in that in Spatulicity commercial is um, uh, they you know they're showing all these. <laughs> everyone's excited about a spatula. Yeah. Then they say, "What better way to say I love you than with the gift <laughs> yes. of spatula?" And then the guy's presenting it, and he says, "I love you" at the same yes. time. And, He's just, he's just like this. It's just, it's a perfect moment. Um, it is. Uh, I think that the parodies in UHF, that the film parodies, like, um, oh yeah, Gandhi two, uh, yeah. you know, is amazing. Um, I'm trying to think. So seven. This had probably seventh grade yearbook. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend uh, Essie, he, he when he signed my yearbook, he, he you know, obviously knowing how much I like Weird Al. I, in there, he was just like rambling on, but he's that started with Gandhi to no more Mister Passive Resistance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so uh, just just perfect. Yeah, I yeah. Uh, I have I, uh, my my cousin Chris has offered many times to have a Twinkie Wiener sandwich with me, but I've never actually brought myself to do it. Uh, I th- I've done it once. Um, this had to be in the nineties. Uh, it's gross like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. I, mean, I like obviously. all the ingredients quite a bit but i can't imagine i guess, I, guess I didn't stay faithful because i didn't have spoiled milk but you know <laughs> that's that, true <laughs> but uh no it was it's it's not good i guess you could see now we're in an age where you know we can make a play on a twinkie wiener sandwich or something and like right. heat, heat the hot dog but it's actually like a andouille sausage or something but it's in right yeah exactly yeah, yeah. but uh so yeah I, there's a way to like do it I, I i'm i'm willing to explore it um but uh <laughs> we'll see yeah um but yeah i mean i i, I just think also like, one of the things i try to talk to my kids about is when they're watching something that is just like i, I try to not be the things were better when i was your age guy because yeah. nothing nothing is gained from that but i will say things like you should watch stuff that teaches you things even if it's just like dumb pop culture stuff, like I know so much stuff because of Weird Al. Yeah, like, I know references. The things I'm a huge Mystery Science Theater three thousand fan, and like if you watch that show, it is just straight pop culture references to things you didn't know about. And if you watch enough of it, you now have a breadth of knowledge about something you didn't know before because of all of the just like humor embedded into your brain. And so I, I think I am smarter and better aware of things because of Weird Al. I think I, I agree with that. I think um, just looking back, probably there there are a lot of even like uh, musical artists or something where I, growing up, I may not have known before Weird Al, like The Who, I, I think I didn't know before him. And uh, I'm sure there were others like in that sort of same vein. Uh, I mean, you know, this is another don't want to sound like back in my day, but like we we, we didn't have the Internet. Right. So it was like mm-hmm. you either go to the library and find it, find something or if it's if it's mentioned on TV, you're watching or something. Um, but, yeah, it was um, it, you're right. Like he's uh, he's always sort of, you know, parroting what's what's around that time. And uh, it, it's it's not uh, he's not timeless to us to a point but like i think you can you like you said you can learn stuff just from from watching and it, and it's in it's dumb fun it's like it's perfectly dumb fun and that's, that's yes that's pretty and enjoyable it's, and it's usually not mean-spirited oh, yeah exactly which is also a thing like with kids you know I, I i i'm glad that i was laughing at stuff that wasn't being mean to somebody else yeah he's not he's not being a jerk um he is like in character, but like he's right. he's never doing it like in a malicious way, you know. Like, right. or if he is, he they're sure to like make it in the biopic specifically. Like, they make it clear that he's like the bad guy in that situation right. yes. or whatever. Yes. So yeah, no, yeah. It, it's it's solid. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, I will. I'm certain I will watch the biopic again. I should go watch UHF again because that's that's a classic. It is. Um, I think I was gonna maybe try and show my daughter UHF. I think. See, the thing is, I think my daughter will like the music better. But I think my son will just like the goofiness of it. Like, you know, there's so much just goofy in that movie. Yeah, I forgot to mention this, and it's not exactly Weird Al related. It sort of is, but uh, Bob L- or no David Bow, um, who, who plays every, every time, I, every yeah. yeah, every time I mention him, oh David Bowie, no David Bow, no I. 
Yeah. Uh, but I saw him in the Palm Springs Target when I was uh, growing up. Uh, he was buying baseball cards. And uh, oh, wow. I might be the only person ever who went up to David Bowen and said, I really loved you in UHF. I just want to thank you. And then, <laughs> and he was like, cool. He was really cool about it. Um, so I, I would like to know that actually, if, if how many people come up to him about UHF, I, I can't be the only one, but like, maybe like, I don't know, yeah. but uh, yeah, that was, that was classic. Uh, yeah. So we're, I guess the, what the, the through line here is weird Al, very funny. Uh, yes. Still funny to this day. You should watch him. You should listen to him. He, if you like things that are fun, he's for you. <laughs> yes, and, and and I don't want to come off. I realized when I was talking about my like be kind to everybody thing. Like I, I like lots of mean stuff too, right? Sure. Like, this, this I, I am not some saint who doesn't want to engage with that. I just mean that like, especially when you're a kid, I feel like it's just it was. I really appreciated looking back now that it wasn't such a negative thing all the time. Yeah. Um, you're, you're like, you, I know there's not a lot of stuff where you look back and you're like, Oh, that's a little awkward. You couldn't do that today. You know, that kind of right. a thing. There's nothing, yeah. nothing really like that. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. But uh, Eric, thank you for making the time for this. This was a lot of fun. No. in yeah. Anytime. Uh, I like that. We, we both share the same interest. And I think this, this was a fun uh, sort of walk back through memory lane. Yes, and uh, well, if if you're listening to this on either of our podcast feeds, there'll be plenty more baseball stuff in a couple of days. Just uh, let us have this, damn it! And till then, dare to be stupid. It, there we go. Dare to be stupid. <laughs>